Hi everyone. So before we hop into today's episode, I just wanted to let you know that the next three episodes, including this one, will be part of my Home for the Holidays series, which is a series of episodes with my immediate family members who are currently in Zimbabwe. So this year I won't be able to go home for Christmas, which is very, very sad. So I thought I'd bring home to me through these conversations and bring Christmas to the podcast. I hope you enjoy. It's okay. It's okay, mom. Say hello to Mandy. Hi, Gogo. Hello, Mandy. Welcome to Mary. Hey. What do you say, Gogo? Ah, ah, here we go. December is my favorite month ever, mostly because of my birthday and Christmas, the family food fun. It makes me feel better. Santa already knows what's on my wish list, so take a listen as I openly share. Actually, it's we because it's home for the holidays, even though I'm not physically there. Join in the convo, it's home for the holidays. We? We? (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh, okay. Okay. You can't what? I said, I can't believe this. Anyway, let's go. You can't believe what? That I'm having these talks with my baby. Mommy. <laughs> Every moment for me is very special. Okay. Are you ready? Oui, oui. Okay. Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning into another episode of And Other Things. And today, I have a very special, special guest the woman who gave birth to me. Hi, mommy. <laughs> Hello, my baby. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm really excited. <laughs> oh, she was dancing, but you you can't see that. So how are you doing? What time is it in Zimbabwe right now? I'm doing great. It's a little bit warm in Zimbabwe. And this time it's 17 to 7 in the oh, evening okay how was your day today it was beautiful working half the day and then the rest of the day at home but lovely lovely weather just a little bit warm but lovely mm-hmm. weather nice <laughs> why are you speaking like that <laughs> lovely weather a little bit warm but lovely weather <laughs> that's how i speak Okay, we're going to start with what I like to call the pre-game and you don't listen to my podcast, so you won't know what it is. (laughs) But the pre-game, why are you looking shocked? Okay, tell me. (laughs) Do do you know what a pre-game is? I listened to that particular podcast that had the pre-game. Educate me, my baby. Okay, so the pre-game on this podcast is when I ask my guests different questions to get to know them better and just random questions about life, about you, and it also helps the audience get to know you better. Does that sound good? Perfect. That's okay. fine. Okay, and cool. do Okay. I already know the answer to this one, but if you could compete in the Olympics, which sport would you choose? I think tennis. Oh, I thought you were going to say running. Um, yeah, I think I thought so too, but I've realized that my childhood dream of playing tennis at competitive level is still within me. So I think it will be tennis. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Nice. Uh, <laughs> Who would you compete against? Serena? Serena Williams? <laughs> oh. <laughs> that would be really good, but I don't know how much, how, what it would take for me to get to those levels. 
But it'll be really interesting to mm-hmm. be on such a platform with Serena Williams. I think you would win, for sure. I have no doubt in my mind. Oh, that's very kind of you, Serena. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Would you rather have a cook or a maid? And right now in quarantine, you had to let go of your maid, right? Because of COVID. Yes. But now if yes. you could have a cook or a maid, which would you choose? And I guess the maid would not be doing cooking. All right. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Life has since changed since lockdown. Mm-hmm. If it was before, I was going to opt for a maid. But after lockdown... I think I'd go for a cook. Why? I have noticed that I don't have patience to cook. Uh-huh. Even for myself. Interesting. I can do it for my family because it's my family and I, mm-hmm. and I feel I want to look out for them. Mm-hmm. But I actually do not have patience for cooking. So I would rather then delegate that to somebody else mm. and do my own house cleaning. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I thought you you loved to cook because you actually you did most of the cooking except for like when when you were at work and then it would be the maid who would do the cooking, but you you spent a lot of time in the kitchen and you used all of the dishes. So then we had to do dishes <laughs> for 2 hours. That's how much time you spent in the kitchen. <laughs> I remember complaining about that but I guess I must say that I love to do it to do that for my children because mm-hmm. I loved to to cook for my family because I felt as if it's a duty mm-hmm. a motherly duty that I needed to do mm-hmm. yeah but I actually have realized that I do not have patience for cooking <laughs> okay interesting so you would choose the the cook I would choose, I would, yes, okay. I would hire a yes. Okay, nice. Okay, what <laughs> one accomplishment are you most proud of? Oh, wow, that's a very good one. Allow me some few minutes to think through it. Okay. Can I answer it a little? <laughs> yes. Because I do have a little bit that I am grateful for and proud of so just allow me a few minutes then i'll tell you okay okay i'll ask you the next question while you think of that one sure. uh this is also a deep one so you may need some time to think about it and this is the last <laughs> question what's the most surprising self-realization you had oh okay start again please repeat the question <laughs> What's the most surprising self-realization you've had? Okay. All right. I realized that I'm actually a very bold person. Mm-hmm. And that really surprised me. In a good way. Mm-hmm. I Initially, I didn't see myself as bold. But when I got to learn that I'm a very bold person, it really do- did came uh, um, as a surprise. Mm-hmm. Because at one time I thought I was timid, maybe not bold enough, bold enough for an average adult mm-hmm. who is a parent, but not tenacious. I think I have since discovered that I am probably in those levels mm-hmm. of being bold and very daring. Mm-hmm. And, but I can't say fearless, but I can be daring to try things that probably I do not, I, I'm not qualified to do mm-hmm. or trained for, mm-hmm. but because I believe I can, I'll just do it and then learn backwards. Mm-hmm. So that really surprised me when I, when I discovered that about myself. When did you discover that? It was in reflecting on a lot of work that I've done so far that made me realize that um, I have been actually been bold, especially when sharing it with friends Mm -hmm. or people who got curious, particularly my customers, and started asking me questions as I was relating my story 
I then realized that, oops, I actually have been really bold. Mm -hmm. I was not qualified to do this, but I did it and I got results. And that really surprised me because growing up, I was very shy, timid, and always afraid. Mm -hmm. So I then assumed that I've, I've always, I'm always going to be like that. Mm -hmm. But learning that in, at this age, I'm actually very bold, came as a surprise, and I'm so grateful. Mm -hmm. Yes. Nice. That's good. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So do you have your answer for the first question about what accomplishment you're most proud of? One. Right. One. You have to pick one. <laughs> I have to pick one. Yes. All right. For me, it's just being there for my children. Mm -hmm. Just being part of their lives, the journeys that they are walking in from the day of birth to whatever level that they all are mm -hmm. individually has been my greatest accomplishment that I feel so good. Now, I didn't know whether to mention that because the work is not yet done. Mm -hmm. I'm still on the journey of being there for my children. Mm -hmm. But I'll, for me, that has been the greatest accomplishment, bringing birth, bringing a human life to earth mm. and watch them grow and contribute to their well-being and what they will eventually come out to be mm -hmm. in very enriching. So what it meant now for me was I then had to work on myself in order for me to help these little ones to be the best that they can be. And I'm still at it mm -hmm. and I love every moment. Nice. That's sweet. And it segues perfectly into one thing that I wanted to talk about. So this episode is going to be about childhood and motherhood. So your experience with childhood and motherhood and then your experience of my my experience of childhood from your lens. So you said that one of your biggest accomplishments was or is being there for your children. And I remember growing up, you'd always tell us that your mom Gogo who called you before this episode she wasn't very present because she was working a lot when you were a child can you speak a little bit about that like what was she doing and how often was she away and how did that impact your childhood and we love Gogo okay. by the way she's the best grandmother <laughs> ever I know she spoils you guys mm -hmm. <laughs> Right. So growing up, my mom was very busy, very enterprising woman. She started off in manufacturing. That is, she would use her hands to do crochet mm -hmm. and make doilies that she would then go out and sell. Eventually, she grew as her customers were referring each other. She got an opportunity to be importing products from different sectors of the industry to a lot of companies, mm. which meant she had to travel out of the country to do that. And she used to do it the hard way by buses, uh, very long journeys that would last not less than 12 hours on the bus. Mm. And I remember even accompanying her to one of her trips when I was young, to Botswana and we used a train which was a very long trip mm. but I really enjoyed it because I was just around my mom but as time went by she couldn't travel with us all the time because of school so it meant she would go away sometimes two weeks mm. and we'll be left with caretakers or caregivers like relatives or housemates and of course my father mm. And when she comes home, she also had small businesses that she then need to attend to, like a flea market, a little shop that sold clothes. So sometimes she would arrive from South Africa, which was the, the one, one of the countries that she would go and import their products for her clients. Mm -hmm. As early as 2 a.m., 
wow. sleep for three, four hours. By 6 a.m., she's already packing the bags to go to the flea market where she will spend the whole day selling and then come home at eight in the night and start cooking dinner. And we used to have late meals. Gogo loved to cook very elaborate uh, meals. Mm -hmm. And he used to take time. So we'd have dinner at 11 p.m. <laughs> As, and then the following day, it will start, the cycle will continue. And she would be home sometimes for three days. The fourth day, she goes back to South Africa. So what it meant now for me was I hardly used to see her. Mm -hmm. I was left to literally take care of myself, being the firstborn of five children. And I was a day scholar. My siblings, I think at one stage, she then realized that she was not present for all the children. Mm -hmm. So the last three of my siblings we then put into boarding facilities. Myself and my brother continued in boarding, in day schooling. Mm -hmm. So we literally had to look after ourselves. You and Uncle um, Bob. Yes, myself and Uncle Bob. So what I then learned as a teenager was through trial and error, which I felt was a disadvantage in that when you're a teenager, you don't know much. And having an adult who's there to just guide you through particular emotions plays a vital role in an individual's life. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's one gap that I, I felt I needed to correct in my own family mm -hmm. for my children. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to be present. So mm -hmm. I remember the first, day of your preschool mm -hmm. how excited i was to take you to school because i remember even at preschool my mom would not even take me there there was always somebody to take me there because she would be sitting at the machine sewing mm -hmm. and would assign either a relative or the housework at that time to walk me to the school so I was so excited because I grew up watching other parents dropping off their children, attending AGM meetings and sports days. And then parents will be put on a different side and mm -hmm. then they have the eats that the children would have brought. I used to take eats that other parents used to eat. Mm -hmm. So when you had your first sports day at preschool, oh, my best. <laughs> I still remember very well. I bought the cake. I didn't buy, I didn't bake it. I bought the cake and took it to your nursery school. And I was ready to be the loudest shouting mother there. <laughs> and that I did. I was screaming my lungs out as you were running that little track. And the most enriching moment I've ever experienced. And I, no one and nothing can actually replace that. Just watching your child compete with others, get excited about events. So I was really, really happy. And I knew that I wanted to be doing this mm. all the time as much as possible because I had missed it. I don't remember my, seeing my mom at any of my school events from the crash straight through to A level, mm. not even one. And yet materially, I was well provided for. I had sports kids, the latest trendy tennis rackets because I, I played tennis. Mm -hmm. School fees was always paid on good time. And Thank God for her, she was never called for problems mm. because I would have been in trouble. So she never had to be at school for anything. I do remember though, my father visiting once for a parent's day mm -hmm. where he came with other relatives for this parent's day in high school. So because of that, I said, I wanted to be present 
for my children and be the one who's supporting, influencing, guiding, and teaching mm-hmm. them in anything that they might need assistance with, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to advice. Mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure that I'm the one that they look out, they reach out to mm-hmm. for help, not outsiders, because I learned in my youthfulness, in my youth days, that when you're looking for answers if you turn to the wrong person you will get the answers Mm -hmm. but the answers might not just be the right thing for you to have Mm -hmm. and i got a lot of those answers that i knew i didn't want my children to then be given Mm -hmm. so i made a decision to be present in their lives so i'm i have loved the journey Mm -hmm. and i would not trade it for anything at all Mm -hmm. it's been quite enriching in fact i believe i've become a better person because of the children (laughs) yeah yeah oh that's good and one thing you said is that even though gogo who's your mom grandma Mm -hmm. my grandma she wasn't present Mm -hmm. in your day-to-day life you were always well provided for you had all the latest Um, tennis rackets and everything you needed materially do you feel that in our case you kind of had to do a trade-off where you would be present for us all the time and then we wouldn't have like all the like we I, I wouldn't say we were poor but we also weren't well off right so would you say that you traded off time with us for providing for us materially in terms of having the best of the best so would you say that was a trade-off and would you say it was worth it initially i thought it was a Mm trade-off until i came through some personal development that coached me differently Mm -hmm. and i to date i have a different view of how i see things now but obviously when you were still at home and young I thought I couldn't have both. Mm-hmm. I thought either I had to be fully present and work with what's there, fully present in the lives of my children mm-hmm. and work with what's there or leave the children in order to give them access mm-hmm. materially. That's what I, the mindset that I had then. But the more I worked on myself, the more I then realized that, no, no, you can actually have both. Mm-hmm. You just need to look for the best way to make it work. And that's the journey that I'm at now. Mm -hmm. I guess we keep growing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now looking back, I think that's what my mom did. Where she also came from, she came rather from a very poor background, Mm. a big family of 14 plus children and didn't go to school. Only the boys were educated further. She only went as far as grade seven, which would be, being educated up to the age of 13 Mm. and thereafter the girls were told to learn a skill Mm. in order to being able to take care of of themselves when they eventually get married Mm. that's the way things were done in the past and then the boys in her family were further educated so she has siblings who are doctors accounts clerks teachers and that is the boys yeah but the girls had no education only went as far as grade seven which is the primary school level and then that was it so i felt she for us to have a decent life she needed to trade that Mm. spend time there in search of income Mm instead of being at home full time Mm. yeah so but I for me it was only later that I realized that I actually don't didn't need to trade I can actually find a way to make it work both ways Mm. and fortunately your siblings are benefiting (laughs) from this realization yeah (laughs) now that I've left the nest (laughs) (laughs) yes 
but it's a journey like mm-hmm. i said you keep learning you keep learning the whole time mm. well yeah i think it's interesting that gogo well she came from less right and that's why she felt like for her she had to go the other option which was go very hardcore to provide for her family mm. and she started doing that very young so i can see mm. why her upbringing caused her to have that mentality and then your upbringing caused you to have a different mentality and i think it, at every generation the next generation just learns from the previous one and gets better with time and and you something that i've said i know you don't listen to the podcast it's okay but something that i i say <laughs> something that don't i make me something that I say in my episodes is that I felt like my childhood was very sheltered I felt like you were very protective of me I don't know if you saw that same way with Nyashan Manda but I definitely felt like you were very overprotective very kind of like sheltered me from the outside world would you say that's true and why if it's true why did you do that or was it unintentional i think to a certain extent it was deliberate i really wanted to protect you with my life literally with my whole life mm-hmm. from a lot of things and were they just it was based on your previous experience of what you had seen yes most definitely and of course other people's stories but pretty much from my own experiences where i felt i left i was left alone to deal with a lot of issues including relationships with uh, relatives social circumstances which i felt i didn't have the capacity to handle as a child and I didn't like any of that and for that reason I said I'm going to look after my child like mm-hmm. with everything I have with everything I have it meant with my life and I literally did that but the more I worked on myself the more I am realizing that there's certain things that you probably do not need to worry about you just trust that everything will be okay mm-hmm. and also because i keep working on myself i'm becoming even more open minded to different ways of doing things mm. so i'm not doing things as a result of my upbringing mm-hmm. but what can work now so i did protect you with <laughs> from what you want what people would say to you because i felt so exposed as a child I had the worst words. I watched people fight. I had the worst experiences and and I, I felt it's not fair for a child to be exposed to things like that and mm-hmm. that's what I wanted mm-hmm. to do to protect my baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so would you say you're raising Nyasha cuz okay, one thing that I'm still salty about is that I was never allowed to go to sleepovers. I have never been to a sleepover to this day because I was never allowed. I don't know why you just say, "No, why don't your friends come here?" or "Why why would you want to sleep over at someone else's house?" And I I never understood why. Yeah. And then when yeah. I was in high school, Nyasha, my little sister, she would go to sleepovers like every single weekend. She'd stay at these people's houses for like 2 weeks and I was just there like, okay, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's one childhood activity that I missed out on. So you're definitely more open and not as protective of nyasha you kind of just let her would you say that you kind of just let her make her own mistakes and just guide her instead of choosing the path for her yes and no <laughs> what i did 
I guess at Nyasha's stage was by that time I think my mind was now becoming much more open mm -hmm. to different ways of doing things mm -hmm. and also noticed that she was then thrust into a different community which was a whole different ball game altogether mm -hmm. compared to what I had exposed you to and that in itself came with a lot of lessons to learn and just for context for people listening my little sister went to a French international school so it was very diverse completely different culture than the private Zimbabwean school that I had gone to yes so for that reason being in a, an environment like that where there's multiple cultures you tend to be open-minded because for me I've always been hungry hungerful for hunger to learn mm -hmm. So when I found myself in that place, I would ask a lot of questions and I would interact with a lot of parents. And I got so curious on how different cultures live their lives. Mm -hmm. And I became even more and more open-minded. And my girl then steps, was now stepping into this school with diverse cultures. Mm -hmm. She was the only Zimbabwean kid at that time. And remember the, kind, the school had like 35 nationalities from all over the mm. world. And it put me in this place of curiosity, mm. of just wanting to find out how people think, behave, how they do things. So when I would be invited to the houses, I would go and observe and watch and participate in whatever would be going on. Most of them were parties. Mm -hmm. Now, it's funny that as I am speaking to you, I'm also reflecting on, on my Zimbabwean side, the private school parents, actually, except for the one family that used to have parties and invite the parents, the rest would not invite the parents. Mm. So, so I guess maybe mm. it didn't put me in a place where I wanted to learn anything about them. But these other cultures were very open-minded and very accommodative. And I didn't feel so judged either by them because they were also curious about me or because of a different culture. So they wanted to know more about me, learn about me. So we'll sit down and have these conversations that were quite enriching because we were trying to discover each other. Mm -hmm. So as a result, I became open-minded even when it came to Nyasha's interaction with their children who mm -hmm. were the, their friends. So the, the idea of sleepovers was thrown at me. Initially for a season, I used to say no, 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 no. Until one time it happened by accident. I went to fetch her the following day and I found that my daughter was perfectly okay. Nothing had gone wrong with her. She hadn't been <laughs> abducted by aliens. <laughs> oh, <laughs> So I became open-minded to the next, but notice that I only then allowed that to happen after a long period of interacting with these people. Mm -hmm. And I had gained mm -hmm. confidence in, in my relationship with them. So I'll, I, 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 I'm learning. I'm mm -hmm. still learning. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think it's yeah. interesting. Something that I, I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but for me, how I got to grow as a person, this is a side note, it has nothing to do with this specific episode, but how I got to grow was by interacting with people from different cultures, whether that be nationality, mm. language culture, sexual identity, mm. gender culture, it was all because I interacted with people who are different than me. And I think I see that in you as well. Like when Yasha started going to the French school and you started all these connections with people who were different than how you, or the, the environment that you had known, you started to grow and develop. And the same thing happened, I think, for Gogo, because when she was being an entrepreneur, she had to interact with white people, mm. whereas, per, for example, her 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 family didn't do that. And she, when she was in South Africa, she was interacting with a different nationality. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, I think that that's one thing that I've learned is that if you really want to grow, you have to mm. be willing to have conversations with people who don't think like you. That is so true. I totally agree. People who don't think the same way and people who see things differently, mm. 
it's a perfect platform for learning and growth. Mm. I totally agree. Mm-hmm. And mm. then now shifting to a more lighter topic. This has kind of been the first half of this episode was kind of more lesson based and reflecting on um, your childhood. Okay. And since this episode is going to be a holiday episode, we're going to talk about funny childhood memories or things that I used to do as a child that you remember. <laughs> <laughs> Can you share any stories of me growing up as a child? Because we for for a large part of my younger years, we spent a lot of time together, ju- ju- just the two of yes. us, right? Yes, that is so true. So what was that I like is... as a toddler? What are some memories that you remember? <laughs> yeah, the one incident that comes clear to mind right now is when you were probably four, and I can still clearly wear what you were wearing. I happen to have a photo mm-hmm. for that day as well. And I wanted you to bat. <laughs> and I had to chase you right around the house. <laughs> you just didn't want to bath. And you found it really funny. Now, I was getting frustrated because I just needed to do this. Kept on going in and out, slipped out of my hand, out of my hands, and you go running around the house. You stand afar, you <laughs> stand looking, start laughing at me. It was so yeah. Now I reflect on it and I laugh and smile. But on that day, <laughs> I was upset, <laughs> and you found it so funny, and uh, so it's it's those moments that I, I, I reflect on and I just love and see how much you have transformed into this amazing young woman. And, and also what I remember of you as a young child, particularly in high school, primary school, your happiness, your happy smile, your mm-hmm. happy self, each time I was I would meet with other parents, everyone would comment on how, hey, your daughter is always smiling. She's just a happy child. <laughs> I remember even on parents' consultation day, every teacher, it didn't matter what subject it was. It didn't matter, matter whether it was a woman or a man, mm-hmm. whether it was an Indian teacher, black teacher, white teacher. After commenting on your performance in class, everyone will talk about your positive, smiling (laughs) personality. And I used to wonder whether you actually get marked on that one because every teacher (laughs) to make comment on how you're such a happy child. So I have very few memories of you with a serious face or angry or crying. Most of them are filled with you are on the stage performing in a drama class or mm-hmm. a poetry that you're mm-hmm. doing and you're smiling from ear to ear. And I don't know how you used to be able to achieve smiling and talking at the same time. <laughs> but you just used to make it possible. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and how you will not even get yourself in nasty fights that shouldn't do, which is very normal, by the way. But rarely will I have, in fact, I never had any child or any parent come to me to say, this is what your daughter has said or done to my child. You were usually the one who neutralizes fights. Mm -hmm. So those memories of such a sweet personality is what I hold on to. And when I missed you when I'm out here in Zimbabwe, I reflect on that and I just smile. Mm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you were also quiet but I never used to see you as a quiet person but you were just reserved uh, reserved but not in a withdrawn way mm-hmm. I was reserved mm-hmm. and withdrawn 
in a negative way because of fear, anxiety, and not, and not having confidence in myself when I was young. But for you, it was like a serene spirit that mm-hmm. you had that just got you to a place where you would just get calm. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I remember one of your primary school teachers said to me at consultation that I wish I was like your daughter. And I was really amazed. I'm thinking, you're a grown-up. <laughs> you're talking about primary school child. She said, I admire her personality. I wish I could be like her. And she was very sincere with very serious look in her face. Mm. And I really marveled at that. And that I have never forgotten because she was a mature woman who was admiring this primary school child. And I didn't get that. I guess now I do. I too would want to have that serene spirit Mm. like you had growing up. So those are the beautiful memories that I remember of you. Just a quiet, sweet spirit. Was I quiet right from the start as I was developing or is it just, was it due to the circumstances? Or was that just my personality? I'm curious about that. From the time you were young, you were quite cheerful, loved to play, always laughing and joking here and there. From Mm -hmm. the time you were little, and I think you carried through to teenage levels, to teenage stages. Mm. Of course, at high school, I did notice that there were times that you were so serious and intense. I can almost understand where you were coming from because of the environment that you were at school-wise mm. and sports-wise. More so maybe on the academic side, the pressure that you used to experience. Mm-hmm. But... From the time you were a baby, I remember even the first time I held you in my hand, the moment you left my tummy, well, most baby cried <laughs> after coming into the world, you just let out a, a small cry and that was it. And then the rest, you were just quiet. Wow. Yeah. So you've always been a quiet person, mm. not really quiet a serene, like mm-hmm. a peace, at peace. You always, you've always been looking, each time I'd look at you, whether you were sleeping, watching a movie or working, you were always at peace. Oh, mm. cute. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I, I knew myself as a baby today to see, or as a younger yeah. child to see what I was like. Yeah, no, you were a very peaceful baby. And I remember telling you this when you were leaving home that raising you was so pleasurable. Even the teenage years that other mothers were dreading. I remember one of my friends saying to me, oh, she's quiet and peaceful. Wait until she gets to teenagers. (laughs) I thought, okay, let's see. So when you went past the teenage level, and there were no challenges. I thought, oh, okay, that didn't happen to me. <laughs> so it was such a pleasure just mm-hmm. raising you because I didn't even have trouble at all. The only trouble that I had was where sometimes I'd question myself if I'm doing the right thing as mm-hmm. a mother in whatever way I was doing with it. Was a meal I was giving you, the education that I'd exposed you to sometimes as human beings, you do question Mm. how you're doing things. So that was the only time that I would get apprehensive or concerned about the way I'm raising you. Am I doing it right? Is this the best for her? Mm -hmm. But you as an individual, you were just at peace. Looked very comfortable. Mm. Not everyone's going to think I brought you onto the show to just Ah. make me look so, so good. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Thankful for this podcast because I don't think I've actually had a chance to tell you these things about you. Mm -hmm. So that's perfect for me Mm. that I'm sharing this um, 
Yeah, come to think of it, why did you ask me this before? I don't know. I guess I just wasn't as curious. But I think now that I, because I, I grew a lot in my time here. And now that I have begun to know myself more, I'm more curious about my childhood and my upbringing and how that yeah. shaped me into who I am. I can imagine. I was actually reflecting on what it would mean for me to visit you now and spend time with you. Mm. I think I would have a hard time because you sound <laughs> sure and very responsible uh, I think I'm going to have a hard time <laughs> because you're definitely not the Mandela that left home mm -hmm. not that you were not responsible you were but you have grown mm -hmm. I can tell from the conversations that we have mm -hmm. yeah we never really talked much apart because I I was very under a lot of pressure in high school from you know, Arundel's just very intense. I was also doing four sports. So we never, mm. I don't know, I, I was never able to open up to you as much. And I remember in the car, you always bring this up to people, how I you asked me how my exams went, and then I'll just say, okay, or it was good, it was fine. And then... <laughs> yeah, that was the most frustrating moment for me. I didn't like to hear that. I wanted details. I wanted you to share with me all the emotions how you felt the moment you stepped into the exam room, how you felt when you sat and when you saw your paper. I wanted all the details. But the only thing you would say to me, there were two statements that you would give. <laughs> it was okay. Or I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> oh my. That is used to drive me mad. <laughs> but when your results came, I thought, oh, okay so this is what she was up to so for i then learned to relax so even with your sister when she's writing exams and i ask questions and she gives me more or less the same answers that you gave me i try not to push too much i just leave her mm -hmm. and trust that she's got she's she knows what she's doing mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> do you know where that came from how I think I've always had a hard time opening up to people until I think until I came here was the first time even in my friendships not even like romantic relationships or familial but even in my friendships I've always had a hard time letting people in and opening up do you know like when that started or when that or why that happened or why I'm I'm like that um I wish I could actually say but unfortunately not. The major difference that I noticed was when you stepped into high school, that you became much more, I wouldn't say withdrawn, mm -hmm. but you were not so open. Mm. I guess for me, like you say, the pressure at school, that's what I assumed that there was so much pressure and you were always so focused when you decide to do homework you go straight and do your books same applies with your sports and you're very focused and very committed mm -hmm. but you were not so open you wouldn't share emotions except for a few moments where you'd complain about a teacher who had say called you this just very few i can actually count mm -hmm. the few times that you came complaining about something. And of course, you'd also come and, posit, and share some positive news that would have transpired at school. Mm -hmm. But not so much. Mm -hmm. Unlike what I'm experiencing with your sister here, who has shared almost every emotion, including when she's <laughs> crushing on a boy. She would tell me that. <laughs> I'm glad it's her, because I don't think I was going to be able to handle it at your stage, because I had not developed that much. <laughs> That's true. I so, agree. <laughs> so when she talks about it, I, I can also share with her my own stories. Can you believe that? I that remember you only that. told us one story, <laughs> but I remember it was it was because Tando, my older sister, she asked. She was the one who asked, but I never asked questions like that. And I remember we were lying uh -huh. on your bed and you told us the story. Can I share it? <clears throat> Maybe not. <laughs> Why? It 
years ago. <laughs> I don't know what I shared on that day. <laughs> okay, it was, I'll say it, but I'll edit it out if you don't want me to keep it. But it was the story okay. of the, the guy who was trying to kiss you and you kept running away. Oh, okay. <laughs> That one. <laughs> when you when you were 17 right and then he was walking you to your gate and you guys were hanging out then every night he would walk you to your gate and then when he's about to kiss you just start running away <laughs> that was <laughs> that was crazy i actually have not told nasha that one she would love she would love that you should tell her would love yeah and you know to think that as I was doing that, I wasn't even aware of how it looked <laughs> in my back and started running like that. I probably looked silly. Yes, you did. But, but <laughs> <laughs> and when I mean, and when I mean a run, it was not a trot or a jog. It was a sprint. <laughs> and most of the time, at that time, I used to wear lots of skirts. So I am sprinting in my skirts. <laughs> running away from this guy oh gosh <laughs> yeah if he was there to tell the story i'm sure he'll give me enough details but i understand this guy passed on oh no <laughs> yeah oh. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that was so funny yeah <laughs> i wish i wish i had heard more stories about your boy experiences growing up so I'm glad at least Nyasha is opening up to you about that. <laughs> yeah, there are quite a number of funny ones. So it's not too late, sweetie, if you still want to hear my boy story or my boy experiences, I'll share them with you whenever you want to hear. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> sounds good. And oh, that's funny. Towards the end of this episode, we're now going to talk about Christmas and the holidays, which is my, personally my favorite holiday. It's a big thing for us back home. It's it's a real event. And we put up our tree at the beginning of December and then we don't take it down until when was it like the first week of January or something? Yeah, first week of January. Mm. What was Christmas yeah. like for you growing up? Was it a big thing? Um, it was big in that my mom would always make sure that we've got brand new clothes mm. to wear on the day. So pretty dresses. And she would do lots of grocery shopping, biscuits mm. and ice cream will be in the fridge. Oh. But chances would be she might not be even home for Christmas because she would, would have gone to South Africa to do some shopping for her clients. She would also make sure that the tree was up with mm. Christmas lights, but we never had the experiences that I used to try and give you guys of opening boxes the following day. I don't remember receiving a Christmas gift at home, mm. but definitely I had new clothes on that day. Mm. <laughs> Shoes and everything. To this day, your grandmother phones me to remind me the first week of December to start shopping for clothes oh. for Christmas. <laughs> so she would pick up the phone and say, have you set money aside to shop for clothes oh. for Christmas? So I guess for her, that was the, her own definition of Christmas, making sure that everyone has brand new clothes. Mm. Now for me, it was family time. Mm. And to give you a gift, and tell you how much you mean to me mm -hmm. and and just have fun and funny enough that you bring this up just a few days ago if not this morning i was reflecting on how i want this christmas to be different for your siblings mm -hmm. uh, given that we're coming out from lockdown and all these challenges that we've had to deal with mm -hmm. the world over and our own challenges in zimbabwe I was reflecting on how I want this Christmas to be different for your siblings. So I've started planning for it. Oh, darn. I wish <laughs> I, I wish I could be there. I really do. Uh, it'll be fantastic. Yeah. We miss you. Oh. It'll be nice to have you home for Christmas, my baby. I don't know if it will work out, but soon, soon, soon I'll be home soon. And I can't wait. <laughs> I can't have you home 
when did we start the Christmas tradition? I don't know if if you want to tell the listeners what the Christmas tradition is the day before Christmas. And when did you come up with that idea? Or who inspired you? Oh, very good question. I don't even know who inspired me. Because <laughs> I think we did it the first time it was two years so we did it two years in a row while I was still at home so that was Mm -hmm. yeah two years in a row and then when I came back the next time for Christmas we also did it so I think you started it I think it must have been a year where you didn't have we there wasn't a lot of money or something and then maybe that's what inspired you to to start that tradition can you explain the tradition And it hasn't stopped since then. Mm. Even the years that you couldn't make it home, we continued. Mm -hmm. So what happens on that day, you are allocated some cash, some money. And you were supposed to buy a gift for a family member, but not yourself. So what it means, you have to identify what they would like and keep it as a secret until the day they open the present and it's all done so in the same go, shopping area yeah. and it's all done in the same shopping area so you can either group work as a team or do it individually but you are not supposed to buy the gift for yourself you mm-hmm. can't buy anything at all including a sweet or chocolate <laughs> <laughs> it has to be a gift for the other family members I loved it in that the first time we did it, I think I paired up with your brother, Mandla, and he was young then. And he would tell me what Mandy liked, what Nyasha liked, <laughs> what Daddy liked. And I was really surprised that, oh, wow, he actually knows them that well. So it was at a place where you had to go out of yourself and go into the mind of the one that you're wanting to buy this gift for mm. in order to mm. see if this is what they would love. And I felt such a beautiful connection and it's something that I don't think I want to ever stop. I would like to pass it on to my grandchildren mm. 20 years from now. So <laughs> these grandchildren too early. <laughs> so I loved every moment and I'm still continuing. So I'm going to try as much as I can to make the budget even more this time around Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. see how we can actually increase the numbers, maybe include my Gaga. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Of course, Gogo can't because of she's looking after Sekoro or a team of uh, another family. And we do it together. It'll be fun. But I know that the four of us we are all looking forward to that day. Yeah, it was such event an event the first time we did it because I was with Nyasha. Wait, the first time we did it, Daddy wasn't there, right? It was just the four of us the first time. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I teamed up with Nyasha and it was so fun because we were in the same, it was a big store and we would see each other and like try to hide and run around in the aisle so that <laughs> you didn't know what we picked for you. Yeah, it was, I think it was also good. I think the first time we did it, we had $20 each. It must have been when the US, it was still when the US dollar was being used in Zim and we each had, each had $20. So then we combined it and then we had 40 and 40. Then we had to use Mm. that money to buy gifts for everyone. And it was a, a great way to bring the true meaning of Christmas into holiday shopping so i think it's definitely something that i a tradition that i want to continue with my family oh fantastic auntie was telling me that you shared the the same idea to her and you guys did it yes. how did that up? it was so fun i was with lorelei who if you're listening she was my first guest on this podcast and we did yeah. it was this last year or the year before it was so much fun. I think we also had only $20 each, so 40 per team. And then Auntie, mm-hmm. Uncle Eddie and Lucas were together. It was, we found the best gifts. <laughs> I think it, it just forces you to think within the budget, but also really think about what the person would actually want within that budget. 
which yeah, that it makes it more true. sentimental that way it does mm. it does it's an amazing way of just finding gifts for each other mm. and fun yeah especially when you had to hide the gifts away <laughs> from each other shopping in the same shopping mall yeah uh, <laughs> yeah that was fun that's something yeah. i'm gonna miss this year unfortunately did <laughs> i send my jet to fetch you my baby yes please send your jet we could really going to miss you mm-hmm. yeah. yeah um and obviously i'm i'm blessed to have a family to celebrate the holidays with e- either um, when i'm here or when i'm in zoom what would you say to the people who the holidays are not a great time for them because maybe they don't have family or maybe they have bad memories of the holidays. What would you say to them? Okay. Now, family doesn't necessarily have to be blood. Mm -hmm. It can be the neighbor who is living next to you, the colleague who sits next to you at work. Mm We all love to be loved. It doesn't matter who it is, what background we are coming from. And I believe that this Christmas, when Christmas happens, it's a time to express your love for one another as families. And you do it in physical gifts, but in in essence, you're actually saying, I love you. And I'm going to show you by the small token that I have bought or made for you Mm -hmm. so do not limit yourself to embracing love or having fun during this christmas time because you don't have your physical family with you either they are far away or you just do not have the very next person who is close to you can be family Mm -hmm. if you decide to make it so in your heart and in your mind if you look deep within their heart through conversations that you have you will see that they too are looking for a place to love Mm -hmm. and to be loved so i suggest that you become open-minded and even try and copy our tradition of finding each other gifts and come together and share those gifts and they do not have to be gifts that are bought it can be something that you've made it can be something that you take out of your wardrobe and say i'm going to share this with a friend or i'm going to visit this place and give this to somebody whom i feel would need sometimes it's just even in the core to say i'm thinking of you this holiday And I just want to tell you that I care. Mm. And that will make it special. So family is just not limited to blood. If you open your heart and your mind, you will see that the world is full of family members. It's just how open are you Mm. to the family members that we have. And we are not limited to color, no gender, no height no size the fact that we are human we are family so go out there and have fun this holiday let's put the past behind particularly where we are Mm -hmm. coming from and i know for some places they are not yet out of this difficult time of Mm covid19 but let's make the most of what we have the fact that you have come to to have made it to Christmas Mm. is a blessing in Mm. itself. When I rise up every day and I see the sun and I can touch my daughter, I can touch my my son, I consider it as a gift because somebody didn't make it this far Mm. and would have loved to be in the same position that I am. So let's celebrate every moment that we have while we are still on earth because it's all worth it. Oh, (laughs) that's so cute. I think people will appreciate hearing that. So thank you for your wise words, mommy, to end off this episode. (laughs) 
my pleasure it's been such a pleasure having this conversation mm. with you mm. and i'll definitely have you back on the show to talk more because there's so much that i think we can talk about you know korea we can keep we can dive more into your childhood your upbringing we can talk about faith we can talk more about motherhood adulting there's so much more that we can talk about so i think i will i think we'll be hearing more from you next year for sure Thank you, my baby. It's been such a pleasure talking to you and being on the show. Really interesting. Mm. And I had so much fun. I'm glad you had fun, even though you don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> Hopefully you'll at least listen to your own episode. <laughs> I have been. <clears throat> I listened to the first ones. Mm. I just need to catch up, my baby. <laughs> I just need to catch up. I will. <laughs> well definitely i will okay I will. okay well thank yeah. you mommy love you love you too sweetheart and have a good day you too Mwah. Mwah. thank you so much for listening to another episode of and other things if you haven't already make sure you follow the podcast on instagram at and other things potty and don't forget to subscribe rate and review on apple podcasts and share with a friend tune in every monday for a new episode of and other things as i alone or with guests chat about past and present experiences that shape our everyday and other things is hosted written and produced by me Join me next time wherever you find your podcasts. Take care. Ho, ho, ho. Happy holidays. <laughs> Bye, go, go. Bye, I love you. God bless you. Love you. <laughs> <laughs>